If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The story of the woman that she was hungry, she had no food. And she went out on her step and she said, God, please, I need some food. Help me. Please, I need some food. So she out there praying. And all of a sudden, the next day, she woke out, and it was food on her steps. And she said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. So then her neighbor came around the corner. He was like, ha, I caught you. He said, I heard you praying. I'm an atheist. I went to the store, got groceries, brought it, just to see you praying to a God that don't exist. I did that. So the woman looked at her, she said, God did it. He said, no, God didn't do it. I did it. I went to the grocery store. I did that. He said, no, God did it. He just let the devil pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, the real shit. And yeah. at, at, at some point, we can't do it on our own, man. You yeah. got to be something gotta higher. Be something gotta higher. Be something higher. Welcome to Wild Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while Black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-Black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Hey, welcome back, party people. Listen, folks, we are we are firmly in this season talking about dreaming and action and being and doing and real talk, I, I, I could not be happier with who we have today. I'll get into that with you in a minute. I want to talk to you for a second. You know me, right? You, you, you have heard my voice for years now. Heard his preaching. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I have a feeling, right? And I don't know if this is ego talking. I don't know if it's real. I, I don't know what it is, but I can do anything. I feel like I can do anything. And anyone who knows me has heard me say that. If you know me with any level of depth, you have heard if you have seen the belief that I can do anything. And maybe that's my greatest strength. But like I said, maybe it's ego. Maybe it's ignorance. But that's my reality. And those moments, those few moments when I quote unquote fail at something because I don't, I don't accept the word failure. I get a chance to, to do something again. I get a chance to try again. That's the outlier, right? There was a reason that I didn't find success in that moment, and that reason doesn't exist in the next. That is really how I view the things that I do. Now, I proved this to myself time and time and time again. And when I go through a rough patch, like I said, I have the opportunity to do something again. And when I do it again, you can guarantee that I'm going to win. That's just how I look at it, right? But that feeling is not reserved for me. I feel that way about all of us. Black folks have this innate power to change the world around them or change the world in which we exist or our block or our community. We change shit. We create shit. We trendset. We do all that. But we still deal with a little bit of fear, which is why I'm so excited to have our guest today. This brother, to me, I have watched him for years do things that constantly surprise people around him. Not those close to him, because I know they know who he is. But when you see that, that cat who refuses to be put in one box, no, he wants to be in multiple boxes. 
much like I do. And nothing stops him from jumping from box to box to box until there is no box. That's the key to me. It's like being fearless in your ability to jump out and try new shit and really not care what people say about you. That's my problem. I care what people say. I tell you I don't care, but someplace in there it gets to me, and I have to fight to overcome that, and that wastes my time. Maybe this brother deals with that. Maybe he doesn't. But what I do know is I watched him jump from podcasting into producing, into a media company. I watched him carry the banner of community organizer and activist. I watched him participate in the entrepreneurial lane. I watched him do all these things simultaneously. And I watched him succeed. That's a brother who is not scared to try some shit. That's the secret that we all need to be embracing. When you dream it, you take action, and you push fear to the side. I always say that education is risk mitigation. I don't care how you get your, educa- how you get your education, take the chance. Our guest today is Brother Eldridge Washington. You heard me talk a little bit about what he's done, but I'm going to bring him to the mic and let him tell you more. He has sat back and influenced and inspired me in moments where he didn't even know he was doing that. And those are the kind of conversations I love having, the people who have impacted me, and I pray that they will impact you. So with that, Eldridge, brother, welcome to Wild Black. Man, that's like a forward of a book. <laughs> like, like, I need that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, matter of fact, clip that and just send that to me. Like, I'm like, I'm like, clip on the way, bro. Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, it's good to be here, dog. Yeah, 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 man. Tell the folks a little bit about you, man. Who are you? What do you do? What do you don't do, as Big Red said? Yeah, man. Uh, what's up, people? I am Eldridge Emmanuel Washington, born and raised in Monroe, Georgia. That's important. Country boy that the city loves. Monroe is a population of 13,578 people. Mama, I made it. Very important um, because being country is my best quality. Yeah. Um, being country um, allowed me to see the world from a different lens. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my pop, though. He's from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my pop said, you can be from the country, but you can't be country. That's it. So uh, That's it. I got shipped to New York uh, almost every year. Uh, got the hustle on 125th selling belts. You know what I'm saying? I tell people I'm a country boy Hustling that walk fast. young age. <laughs> from a young age. Um, but it's funny, man. Um, my life has been a reflection of my f- newfound discovery. Yeah. And I discovered it, or I would say about 22, right? Yeah. I was doing something I didn't even know I was doing. And in 22, through mentorship, it clicked. Yeah. Uh, I grew up around 90% uh, white people. Uh, I'm a graduate of Athens Academy. You know what I'm saying? So I, I can't, I ain't know nothing about HBCUs. I ain't know nothing about black culture. I'm just going to be real with y'all. My first time watching TV, I was in sixth grade. Damn. My first time going to public school was sixth grade. I was homeschooled, private school, all the way to sixth grade. You're no G.I. Joe and nothing? Bro, you go, to, you go to hell for all of that. <laughs> the oh, way shit. I was coming up. Like, you, you listen, everything was rock and roll. Like, even one of those churches. And it was 90% white. Yeah. And um, it's crazy. I remember the first time, um, I always just had this passion to help, passion to support. Um, my uh, good friend in high school, a guy named Drico Bostic, uh, it was me and him and uh, Rashad Tate. 
we all went to high school together. Right. And we all went to this private school for a scholarship. The private school was recruiting. They were guaranteeing you go to the next level, you know, just using black people to build up their program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, Drinko is an amazing athlete. And I got to tell his story because it, it is the, it's what sparked my purpose. And uh, Drinko was the greatest athlete I ever seen. In the newspaper used to call him Mr. 339. 339 yards in two quarters. In two I quarters. Am. Running a 4440 uh, in high school. Dude was amazing. Monster. Iron dog, defensive back, tailback. Drico. And then he was just born to play any sport. He did basketball. He did football. He did track. Track, it was just watching Hussein Bolt. You know what I'm saying? Right. We were in high school when Reggie Bush were doing his thing at USC. Right. Like, I, I like Reggie Bush. But I was seeing Reggie Bush stuff in oh, high school yeah, every Friday you. playing with this dude. And um, I remember Drico didn't go to college, and he went to prison. Damn. And that right there sparked my purpose. Like me, I never wanted to see anybody around me not fulfill their purpose in life. Yeah, I feel that. Because my, my bag was Drico. Like, if we did have a real conversation. yeah. Like, when I was growing up in high school, like, colleges was inviting him to schools, and he was taking us because he was like, look, my friend's going to help me make my decision. Damn. And they letting us all come. So it's like one of those— He your, got locked up. Your friend is about to be a millionaire. Shit, you a millionaire. Where's yeah. Draco today? That was my plan. So he's back at home. He's in Athens. Uh, just talked to him the other day. What up, Draco? Yeah, what's up, Draco? This dude, uh, amazing father. Yeah. Uh, got a daughter. His son just had a son. That's our new. T- that's our new meal ticket. We done already put him. On, <laughs> we done already put him in weight training. Um, but now nah, Drico literally sparked my passion for helping young people. And what he did, he just he was an amazing leader on the field. Like I got mentor in the in the opening because I know you do that too. Damn. Yeah, he let he let mentor he let mentorship and he let leadership off the field. And from there, my senior year, because Drico got locked up my junior year, my senior year, I started May. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. 
In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. May was an acronym for Motivated Adults Developing Excellence. Yeah. And it was a, a leadership development program for middle and high school students. Yeah. And I was determined to make sure any young person I came across yeah. did not miss out on their opportunity because they lacked Guidance. Yeah, when I met you, I remember it was Made Life Podcast. Yeah, I, I remember that. That, I that remember was the first, that. man. You, you were OG in this yeah, thing. That, that was the very first podcast. Yeah, I remember that. And <laughs> um, from there, man, my, my life has been, when I turned 22 and I speeded up, I turned 22, I met uh, my mentor, Mowley Davis, attorney Mowley Davis, uh, Derek Bozeman, very prominent yeah. uh, leaders here in Atlanta. And they did what Dr. King calls, they introduced me or set me on my pilgrimage mm. to black consciousness. Yeah. That's what Dr. King called it. Yeah. And that was the first time I really just discovered self. Right. And a lot of stuff started clicking and making sense. Beautiful moment when you figure that part out. Yeah. Discovery. Yeah. And, and you know, they say, uh, until you understand white supremacy, right, mm -hmm. everything else will confuse you. Mm -hmm. And I was confused about a lot of things and I didn't understand that Drico not making it was a part of a system that's working to this day. You know what I'm saying? It working wasn't, very fucking well. Right. It's working very well. And, and from there, that's when I realized direct service is not enough. Yeah. Um, you have to move to direct action. You know what yeah. I'm saying? As much as I love the United Way organizations, yeah. that's not going to change the system. That's yeah. not going to shift the paradigm of our people. Yeah. Um, and... Literally, I discovered my purpose at 22. My purpose was literally the progression of black people. Yeah. And I've sectored off my life into different. Everything you've seen me do is a plan of, all right, this is how what black people need yeah. in my community. Yeah. So it started out with nonprofit leadership development. You met me uh, when I was all focused on black entrepreneurship. Yeah. I believe black entrepreneurs are the pillars cornerstones of our community. They can literally change everything instantly. Yeah. Uh, and But on that process of starting <clears throat> Spendify, I realized our people are very... People are spend you know, matter of fact, hold on. Yeah, we we, we, like we already getting into let's this go, thing. Y'all already see early. He got yeah, nuggets ready. and information. All right, hit him with the wild black shit. Okay, wild black shit. <laughs> you, you, well, you, you I was about to ask baby. the questions. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was about to go. I almost forgot about it. I was, about, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was sitting back like, do yeah. Do y'all shit? Do y'all shit? My bad. No, no, my bad. you good. You good, bro. We love that. <laughs> we love that. That's we love that. Energy. Shit. Yeah, that mean it, the, the flow be right. So our wild black shit is three questions. Two to get you warmed up. You already warmed up. And then our third one is our signature question we ask every single guest. Let's go. All right, first question. All right, I'm going to. You probably get philosophical some shit. Yeah, I'm waiting. You. <laughs> I'm walking out of this bitch enlightened like a mom. I'm ready. You know a little bit about movies. You probably watch the movies and some shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, yeah. after, 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 after sixth, sixth grade. grade. Right, after sixth grade. That's what I was looking at. I'm like, uh, all these would be after sixth grade. I had to catch grade. up my shit. I had to catch up my shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm going to give you seven of the funniest TV shows or that impacted the culture. I want you to order them. Oh, my God. I hate that. I know, I know, I, I know. Have I, fun. I, I, the, first one, the first one is Martin. All right. Well, Second right one now. is The Chappelle Show. 
right. Third one, the Jeffersons. Fourth one, Bulldogs. Fifth one, In Living Color. All right. Six is a Cosby uh, Show. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm doing it, Martin. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I got this. This is real. Right? Yeah, Martin. This you pull out the phone. All right. Type of shit. Yeah, Jeffersons. All right. Boondocks. All right. In Living Color. All right. The Cosby Show. All right. In Good, good times. times. All right, that was my seven. That's your yeah, that's seven. It. You gotta order them. And, 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 and we're saying funny. The funniest, funniest, and, and, and most... second barely most influential, most Correct. impactful. Okay, so culturally that, impactful. That's, we got what, extra that's shit what you, you messed it up when you did that. Like, yeah, yeah, right, it, th- so, it throws it off a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. so Martin goes first. All right. Um, it's funniest. I'm glad you didn't put Fresh Prince in this shit. I got a whole. I, I almost put that in there too. Story about Fresh Prince. So right. I'm glad you didn't do that. So Martin, funniest. We're going first. Did it really impact us? It made us laugh a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? You right. had no bad day after watching Martin. Right. Uh, see, the impact is throwing it off, y'all. Yeah. It does. Impactful. That's why I put That's that shit in it's, there. It's, <laughs> you got to put them together, though. Because if you do that, we got to go Cosby. Bingo. Like, that's what I would say, number one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, for like, me, if, if, be, you yeah. do, if, you, if you're doing impact and funny, Mm-hmm. You gotta go Cosby, but I'm sorry, Martin was funny enough that I'm gonna keep him at top. I got okay, you. Okay, got you. Yeah, the, yeah, the funny yeah. so heavy and outweigh. I got it outweigh the impactful. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. Cosby. Oh, it was funny enough to be impactful. Yeah, so I'm gonna go Cosby okay. too. All right. Um, because we talking about impactful black family, black doctors. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you yep. know, it was impactful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what was the uh. Oh, that was Boondocks. Martin Chappelle show Jefferson Boondocks and Living Color College show. I got him. I got him. I was just like writing one word and I messed it up. All right, so the third one, I'm gonna have to go Chappelle. All right. And um, the reason why I go Chappelle, what's so crazy about Chappelle show? You're not gonna understand what Chappelle was doing until you go back and watch it right now. Yeah, I agree with Shit, that. Yeah. I agree. And with that's that. the old Chappelle show. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even I didn't even understand what Chappelle was doing. Like a lot of if I, see, I'm one of them folk that if you say a word and I don't know it, I'd be like, "What that mean?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's that's the country in me, right? It's humble. You you country, you humble. Um, I can admit a lot of shit that Dave Chappelle was doing went over my head. Oh hell yeah! Like it was that. But everybody want to act like they're just culturally, right? You know, a too stupid, and yeah. they knew exactly what was going. Nah, man, Dave Chappelle was. Giving us some stuff. Yeah. And he was like addressing a lot of The fact of, that you could turn on right now and be like, oh, and it's still relevant. He was addressing a lot of stuff that, you know, wasn't being addressed. So mm-hmm. I might have to go uh, Chappelle. Because I got to respect my ancestors, I got to go Good Time, although I didn't really watch Good Times like that, but I know what Good Time did for my elders. Yeah. And I know how they talked about it. But I can be real. It ain't. I ain't really I watch. You. I ain't watch Good like, young mm-hmm. Young kid. It's too old. Yeah, young kid. But I'm being real. But I can see the impactfulness in that. You know what I'm saying? Yep, the black yep. families dressing a lot of stuff. Uh, next, I'm going to have to go living single. All right, let me tell you why. Living, oh, you went living single. <laughs> Uh, See, Queen Latifah. We, 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 we might have said yeah. Living Single. So keep it Living Single. Because we might have said that to be, to be Not fair. Not because living, living Color is another one of those Chappelle things because they broke us out. Mm-hmm. They broke out black, but also it's before my time, too. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I went back 
and watch. Yeah, to Little. get them. Yeah, you know, so I went back and watched that. Um, to be fair, this list was created for Earthquake, and then I, I made a switch at the end. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, man, I know people listen like, man, what the fuck is man? Uh, see, the impact, nah, you, the impact shit, you, threw me off, y'all. It, yeah, it's it's two it makes a difference. We yeah. just said yeah. funny. This it would have been easier. Mm-hmm. Impact. So, are we going to keep it living color or living single? You tell us. Yeah, you got it. I'm going to do y'all thing. I'm going to do y'all all right. thing. All right, so if it's living color, I'm going to have to go Both boom. Both work. I'm going to have to go boom. Now, it's two different variables. <laughs> two different variables. If, it's two. if it was living color, it's completely different. All right, rock with you. But I'm going to have to go boondocks. And the reason why I got to go boondocks, that shit funny, man. Fucking hilarious. Nigga, and, you gay. And it teaches. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, you gay. <laughs> Do that whole man. Do that. Like, these folk address everything. everything. Yeah. Everything. I almost got to, you know, forget my ancestor, man. I got to put boondocks in front of good times. <laughs> so, got you. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to put boondocks in front of, like, I'm respecting my ancestors. So, if I had to do it, dig on my list, y'all. It is Martin, it's Cosby, it's Chappelle, it's Boondocks, it's Living Color, Good Times. What am I missing? The Jefferson. Jeffersons. You got them last though, right? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that. That's that's, that's my good. list. I'm that's with you. You can you can tell like how I told old you people are with the list it. though. Yeah. But I like yeah, that. Yeah, like I, I mean I yeah. can admit, you know, like when it comes to TV, I'm a young head, music, I'm an old head. Yeah. Like I'm trash on new music. Super trash. You and I both. But like Motown and all that, like that's all I know. That's your shit. Like Frankie Lyman, one of my top three. You said Frankie Lyman. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah you, I, you, I go back like that. You a senior citizen on the music game. <laughs> I feel you, brother. Okay. <laughs> like, all right, second question. We're going to get you, get you going. Right. Yeah, that was a good question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good question. Y'all fucked me up on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So black folks can play. I'm still laughing at the see the senior citizen on the music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can play the best. Bad guys, but doesn't mean we want to run into them. Which of the following bad guys would you not, or would you most not want to run into in real life? Jay Z, I'm bad. My nigga, my bad. <laughs> nigga, bad guy. You mean it? What? Uh, With that much power, you get. <laughs> man, let, me, let me be quiet. Hey man, Kanye, because he's crazy, we don't be listening to him. But when he said, "Don't send your suitors, Jay." That was real, bro. He meant that shit. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay Z didn't own this motherfucker list right here. He didn't trump the list. All right, look, we got Nino Brown. You, I ain't got a you, okay. you, New Jack City. Okay, okay. Bishop from Juice. Fox character. That elevator fucked it up Yo, right there. That elevator. He shot Anybody in the elevator. elevator? With Don't people give a fuck. Keep going. Don't keep give going, a fuck. Keep going. Dark Vader. James Earl Jones is Star Wars. It was a black man inside, so I threw okay. him in. Yeah, there. yeah. It, 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 <laughs> He and made, he was wearing a black he suit he like a motherfucker. He a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Detective Alfonso Harris on training day. I knew y'all were going to bring him. O-Dog, Minister Society. <laughs> I'm going to add one more since you fuck with music. Shit, I forgot what I was going to add. Well, Suge Knight, uh, Big Suge Red. Suge Knight, that's it. Suge. <laughs> See, I know how, I know how to stay away from sure. That's, you, know, <laughs> you know, you just keep your ass on the East Coast. <laughs> don't even fuck with don't, even, don't fuck with no shows. You stay for him. I ain't gonna lie. So one, especially with the state we in right now, is gonna be between the young niggas, <laughs> Juice and Old Dog. 
I'm just gonna be real. Cause at least them older niggas, they had a level of code. You know what I'm saying? It was a certain level of code. I'm, I'm with that. You can kind of I know could how probably, to navigate. That's I real could probably shit. survive around them niggas. That's real shit. Old dog, the way he killed that Asian, bro. <laughs> like, come she on. She said about my mama. Bruh. And then he kept the video. Mm-hmm. He he was playing the video like it was like entertainment like, and shit. He would have put that shit on his Insta, bro. Right. <laughs> if like he was shit. 22. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Odoo. Because was, it was about to be okay. goddamn... It was about to have to be uh, Bishop. Pop Bishop. Bishop because he shot in the elevator. With people with in the, the joint. They didn't give a fuck. Fuck the people. He yeah. had a mission. He was but, dedicated to the objective. Just old with the video and watching it. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Odoo. Right, I got you. I, I would have worn his ass. Like, he one of them niggas, man. No matter if you seen him in the neighborhood, if he... Since you trying to stay away from him, he gonna fuck with you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. I'm about to go with him. The young nigga's crazy now. Man, I should have put um, what was his name? Uh, on Friday, Tiny left. What was his character on Friday? Debo. Yeah, I should put Debo on the Debo, list. Debo, yeah, it's all good though. Oh yeah, I'm sucking yeah. my chain anyway, so I'm straight. <laughs> 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 I'm straight. I ain't worried about Debo. Boy, all right. Third question. Good questions, y'all. Good question. Signature question. Here we go. What do you love? most about life while black? The unspoken communication. As black people, we all speak two languages, at least. Whatever your native tongue is, and you speak black intuition. Yeah. Black intuition is when one nigga run, and we all run. Yeah. We speak that shit. Yeah. Black intuition, when I'm in a room full of white folk, and I see that one... Yep. Hitting with the head. We now. all speak it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I love the black intuition language, man. I, I, I travel a lot. And I love when I see black people in other countries. Well, when I was first traveling, now I only travel to the motherland. But before, when I used to be on that Europe shit. Right, right, like, right. When I see black people or and I'd be uh, like India and shit like that, and I see some black folk or Dubai, I'm like, yo, what's well, we out here. We out here. You know what I'm saying? It's that. I love that about black people, man. It's, it's the reason why we all can go to room. It's that TikTok when they were like, uh, everybody make the face right now. What's the face yep. if somebody say, I slap everybody in this room? Everybody knows the face. And then you see everybody face doing the same face. Mm-hmm. It's that black intuition. And the thing mm-hmm. is, like, people be trying to downplay it like it ain't a superpower, but you got to exercise it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. more you exercise it, the stronger that shit get. It's like a language. That's real. You know what I'm saying? The more, the stronger you get with that language, bro, you can go in a room. That it's, it's the reason why you can go in a barbershop and you know what to say and not what to say. Yep. You know what chair to sit in and what chair not to sit in. Yep. It's in there. We just don't pay attention to it because it comes to us secondhand. We can say everything and not say a motherfucking but, thing. At the same time. That's what I love time. about living wild black, man. We yeah, got a language that, that we don't even got to speak. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm giving up, like, you know, I got my white boy in here. I'm giving no code, but he married to a sister, so I love him. <laughs> you know? I knew I felt some cool vibes <laughs> you off you. Saying? I you know knew it was good. I don't keep many around me, so y'all know I got one. I, I fucked with him. I knew, I knew shit was good. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's, that's that. You know what I'm saying? If that's what I love about being black, bro. And it and it happens everywhere you go. Like, yeah. and and that's why they say you gotta travel. Because you're not gonna understand how much you love you. And a lot of us spoil you. 
If you in Atlanta, man, you spoiled like a motherfucker. Like, don't even know how spoiled you are. Bro, don't even you know do, how. You do when you go someplace else. Like, the immediately. Fuck is, you bro, do, as soon as you get out the right. airplane, you know it. Yeah, you be like, whoa, what where, is this? where am I at? You get off someplace else, Elvis is playing in the, in, in the airport. Not here. Man, that's what I'm saying. So it's like. There's a lot of in the airport here. <laughs> right. Bro. So. Live jazz. You know, so a lot of people <laughs> here don't. Uh, experience it because they don't really leave like that. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of people that's not here, that's not around a lot of black people, it doesn't happen enough for mm-hmm. them to know that this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you just think it's a coincidence mm-hmm. that y'all looked at each other like that or y'all all moved like that or y'all all gathered in the sand. Nah, bro, it's our superpower. And we got to exercise the most. That's what I love about being black. That's real so, shit. That's real shit. All right, we're going to jump into our dope quote. And uh, today we're talking about Dreaming and, and action. And this quote to me sits at the core because everybody's in a different place. So I'm going to read this to you. And then when I, I want to get your thoughts on what I say. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can by Arthur Ashe. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. But when you hear those words, what comes to mind for you? Man, I love it. Um... It's a motto I live by. Mm-hmm. Um, my mentor taught me, you know, you got to serve. Start with the people first. You know what I'm saying? So it says start where you are, use what we have. What was the last part? Do what you can. Do what you can. That's for the people, right? Start in your own neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Use what you have. What is your talent? What is your gift? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Do what you can. Don't overexert yourself. Mm-hmm. So it made me remember my motto is what I have, they gave me. Where I've been, they sent me. And uh, who I am, they made me. I like that. Yeah, so that's what I, I like think. That. Love that quote. Dope. Let's get into this thing. You ready, brother? Let's hit it, bro. All right, so when I opened this up, I was talking about all the hats that you put on. I was talking about the trails that you blaze, the places that you go, and how it seems you're going there unafraid. I've watched you operate in so many places, including a new place that we'll get into before we get out of here. But if I were to start with a big question, it it would be this. What is it inside of you that gives you the authority, the belief, the know-how, the intuition to be all these different things? Like, who told you you could do that? Yeah, let's start with my parents, first of all. You know, I definitely got to give them love. Mm-hmm. Um, my parent, my mom specifically, my mom was a teen mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So she got pregnant at 15. So my mom had two goals in life. That her daughters never become uh, teen mothers. Mm-hmm. Like, my sister used to have random piss tests. Damn. When we came home, like, my mama was like... Well, between not watching TV and the boys, this is serious. Hey, my mama was serious. She did not want teen daughter because she realized how hard it was for her. Right. But she also wanted her kids to have full independence. And um, because when you're a 15-year-old with a kid, you don't have... You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no level of independence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're just depending on whatever you can do. So my mom and dad was all about uh, independence. Like... Yeah. Try some stuff. Do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? See if it works. And it's just, it just something that stuck with me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I've been trying. I moved out when I was 17. Like, I know that. Hindsight, I shouldn't have. But I did. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it always kind of worked out. And arrogantly, and I say that, that word specifically, arrogantly, I'm a man of faith. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I believe God for real. Yeah. 
Like, like I be read like when you t- we just talk about scriptures when he say of uh, you know Philippians four nineteen he shall supply all your needs. According right. to, I believe that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I don't had too many uh, Elijah food from the bird mouth. You know what I'm saying? Paul gold in the fish mouth. I don't had too many of them moments where I ain't got nothing, and boom, you know you get a call from a client or boom somebody bless you with. Like, I just don't have too many of those moments. Yeah. But it's like, bro, yeah. God kind of with me, bro. So, I ain't scared of this. But it's also why I got to take care of people because I don't want to lose it either. Yeah. And that's why I am the way I am with the people. But, yeah, yeah arrogantly, man, I know, like, and my name is Emmanuel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, God is with us. Yeah. And I, like, that was drilled in me when I was younger. You know, my name, my first name, Eldridge, which means powerful ruler. Right. So powerful ruler who God is with. So when I just think about that, then, dope I, line, then, then I think about who David was, right? And how he just, David would cock his hell, bro. Like, yeah. you just think, if you just read, I don't think people read the Bible <laughs> in a... Uh, they, modern They say context. what they heard other people say, but you don't say Like, most of us, most millennials... <clears throat> Are, are older, are, most millennials are what I call regurgitated Christians. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We just kind of spitting out what we heard. We ain't really do much. And I'm not saying I'm a biblical scholar. Right. I'm just saying my life experience has showed me in the words of our great song, Jesus is real. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know God is real. So that's one of the things where if God with me, why not? Yeah. Let's try yeah. it. Yeah. Let's try. Yeah. And, and then, shit, what if you fail? What's up? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. only one quit for me. Yeah. It's only one way to quit. What, what's that? Because I, I know people, I know what I think it is. Yeah, what's the way to quit? Yeah, you got to die. You gotta right, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. If I'm out, then I'm done. I got you. It's, I got you. it's only one you, way. It's, you, it's, it's little, hey, I'm... I, I'm telling y'all now. They ever say I kill myself, bro? They lying. Burn this bitch down. Like, burn. I did not do it, bro. I promise you, I did not kill myself. Uh, you you brought up you brought up faith. You brought up religion. You brought up Christ, Christianity, believing. And I have this thing where I say faith and fear can't be bedfellows, right? It's like when you have real faith. It puts you in a place to overcome real fear. As you've done all these different things, and, and, and I do want you to talk about the things that you've done so people can get an understanding of, of what it is that you're bringing to the table. But more importantly, every person out there, more than likely, is looking at something that puts fear in their heart and it's keeping them from moving. How have you consistently overcome that fear? Go back to uh, what I said with David. I like mm-hmm. David because if you read, in the Bible, David, all he did was just hyping himself up. Mm-hmm. <sighs> about to go, I'm about to go fight. The, I'm like, he on the way to fight Goliath. And he like, man, the way I took down that bear, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the way I took down that lion. You know, like he just reminded himself of his wins. I and like I the think, way you broke that down. I, I think we <laughs> literally forget our wins. Like I was thinking about this shit the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what I got to do more of? I got to do more of reminding myself how I felt when I was sick. Y'all know how we just be sick and then just one day we get better? Mm. And then we don't even think about that time when we just throwing up over the toilet. We just, we're better. You know what I'm saying? We're taking it for granted. If you forget those, 
you don't have the confidence when it happens again. You know what I'm saying? So I just take a real... That's some real shit. Like, like I got to just be remembered. And, and what happens is, if I remember last time I was sick, I then start doing other things to make sure I don't get sick again because I remembered that shit. Like, I was fucked up. I li- I li- you, you threw out there, I remember when I overcame. That's what that, I love that. Okay, go. Ahead. I'm sorry, bro. I, yeah, I, I, and I got that's, excited. That's what it is. It's one. It's one of those situations. So uh, I'm a podcaster. So I got a. I got a uh, line. I said I live for the content. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I might do some shit like just because it's gonna be a good episode. Yeah. Or it's gonna be a good story to tell. Um, and they say uh, I heard Dave Chappelle say something one time. He was like, "I'm not spending money on buying memories." Yeah, and, uh, and, and I never heard that, but that's that's it, all right. And that's that's kind of how it is with me, man. I'm just kind of like, okay, when I get through this, like this gonna be, you know, this gonna be something that I'm gonna be able to add to my belt and say I done. So it's it's one of those things. The fear is removed because it's more confidence in what I've already been through. And like I said, that's why I can say God is real. I can just talk about the stuff that I was facing. That I'm no longer facing no more. And I think people don't go through... If people really just took an inventory, this is an exercise for the listeners. Write down all of your wins. That time you thought your car was going to get repoed. That time you got evicted. Mm-hmm. And you got another house. You know what I'm saying? The time... like, Because sometimes it don't always go through. Sometimes you fighting to save your car and they take it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you driving another car. You know what I'm saying? Somehow you, you over, got another you overcame. one. overcame. Or you overcame like... Write down those wins, and then you'll look. I'm like, oh, okay. It does normally work out. It's kind of like, I feel like our fears are like that dream. You ever been in a bad dream? And then you wake up like, man, that was just a dream. Thank God. That's how your fears are. If God ain't bigger than the job that you just lost, if he ain't bigger than the car that you just lost, he ain't bigger than the relationship that you just lost, is your God really the God you're saying he is? Mm. And Mm. at some point, you got to... You just got to kind of lean on that. And I get it. It's a lot of people that be like, they ain't with the guy stuff. How we doing the praying and that? I get that crowd. You know what I'm saying? But that nigga lying. My experience is something different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, you calling on somebody. Right, right, right. You ain't doing this shit alone. You ain't doing this alone. And if you really think you are, like, I'm scared of you. Right, I know that's the truth. like, Like, if you really think you're doing this, Oh, y'all, it's like the story of the woman that she was hungry. She had no food. And she went out on her step and she said, God, please, I need some food. Help me. Please, I need some food. So she out there praying. And all of a sudden, the next day, she woke out and there was food on her steps. And she said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. So then her neighbor came around the corner. He was like, ha, I caught you. He said, I heard you praying. I'm an atheist. I went to the store, got groceries, brought it, just to see you praying to a guy that don't exist. I did that. So the woman looked at him, she said, God did it. He said, no, God didn't do it. I did it. I went to the grocery store. I did that. And he said, no, God did it. He just let the devil pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, real shit. And, yeah. and, and, and at some point, we can't do it on our own, man. You yeah. got to be something higher. Yeah. And I don't care what you call them. I just gave you the book. The book I brought in here, that's from yeah. a Buddhist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, I don't care what you call God. God is bigger than your titles. Yeah. He's bigger than your problems. And not to just go super church. I'm just telling you my sauce. My sauce is, if this don't work, I ain't got nothing else. Because I ain't got the money to pay for it. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to have something that is supernatural on my side. Yeah. And if I don't, shit, what are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you what, as a podcaster, it feels so good. I'm sitting here making mental notes now because I'm getting clip after clip after clip. Like, you keep laying out this amazing shit that I know is just going to pop. Like, oh, the podcast to me is loving this shit. All right, so we talked about fear. We introed you. We talked about your faith. I want the people to understand why you're here, right? Because I, I opened up by talking about all the things that I've seen you do and be unafraid in doing them. You, you mentioned Spendify. You mentioned a podcast. But let's, let's add some information, some context to what you've done. Brag. Yeah. Most, talk about what you've been able to do with God behind you and support teams and dreams and action. Tell these folks a little bit more about what you've done. And then I'm going to start asking some more questions. Yeah, yeah. So, um, number one thing, I've been able to live the life exactly that I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell people, you know the life you want to live if you ask yourself, if you had hit the lottery today, that big pot for some reason God ain't given to me. Mm-hmm. I, guess, <laughs> I guess he won't. I guess he want my story to be a little bit more interesting. <laughs> like, uh, if you hit that pot today, what would you really be doing? How much of your life would change? Right. For me, literally, I will, because they say money only amplifies who you already are. Mm-hmm. Nothing about my life changed. I'm going to create more. I'm just going to do more. I'm going to create more content. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do more traveling. I'm going to help more people. Like, I'm living the exact life I want to live, and that's what I want for our people. Mm. I want our people to wake up, look themselves in the mirror, be honest about what you want to do and which, who, how you want to do it, and live that life. And we can't do There's so many barriers that are stopping us from doing that, right? There's yeah. so many lack of confidence because we don't know who we are, right? Yeah. Lack of faith because we're getting so far from our culture and who we are as a people. Yeah. Because even, like, the only thing I don't believe in is an African atheist. Right. We too spiritual. Like, you got to believe in something, bro. Right, like, right, like right, I right. mean, everything, our DNA reacts different to the world. Like, our hair grows up. Everybody else goes down. Like, everything about us is spiritual, right? Plus, our experience says you got to believe in something else. Yeah, Otherwise, believe, we wouldn't, you wouldn't be, be here. Yeah, right. yeah, like, come on, man. So Your pure existence is beyond. Yeah, so, so African atheists, like, that, that kind of throw. I understand white atheists. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, white atheist to me is the epitome of white privilege. You know what I'm saying? A white atheist is saying— You get to believe you truly did this shit on your own. Or it's saying because religion is all almost almost about the afterlife, what happens next. You know, white people are like, I'm good. I, I got how, it right now. How much now. better could it get? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I get white people. <laughs> I get white people being atheists. You know what I'm saying? I so just, much, how much better could, could this shit get? Like, like, I'm more transcendent than this. <laughs> it's like, good than the motherfucker right, right. now. Right. Look, as a white boy laugh in the room. Like, so, how I, good is this shit? <laughs> so, I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, for us, like, for my people, man, I want us to live a life of purpose, right? Yeah. So everything I have done has been trying to do that. So I started with MADE, a nonprofit. That was to um, help young people at an early age because I realized young people are the center of the house. Young people control everything. If you think about it, right? When you move, the first thing you look at was what? The schools yep. and the crime. Yeah. The schools, because that's where you send your kids and the crime, 90% of the time is done for uh, by young people under the age of 25. Yeah. So young people control 
our geographics, right? Yeah. Young people, the only reason we just had Christmas, it was centered around who? Jeez. The young people. Yeah. Most of those gifts. So I was like, boom, if I want to change the black family, let me change the black youth. Let me get the young people in my leadership program. Let me give them tools that when they go home, they change the game. Uh, I did, uh, made from 2008 to 2016 is where I now know I sunsetted it. At first, I thought it was just a break, but it was it was that season. Mm-hmm. But in that time period, I had the opportunity to watch 10 students. I walked them from sixth grade to a college graduation. Amen. Like, I seen the journey of, like, seeing the young people grow. And I was like, once I did that, I also thought about how many people I lost along the way. How many young dudes I lost because, yeah, this community service is cool, but I'm trying to get that check. So I was like, don't. I can't teach leadership and self-confidence if the basics ain't there. Folk hungry. Folk got to eat. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. boom, I started Spendify. Spendify was a digital platform to help us find black-owned businesses in your community. This was before black-owned businesses was cool. This was yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the George trend yet. Floyd. Yep. Like, like, Man, I'm going to say this on pot. It's niggas out there that's black as hell now that would not fuck with me and Spendify. Mm-hmm. But it, only people start doing this black stuff when corporations start saying it was okay. Corporations mm-hmm. start saying, let's get some money to it. And it became a lucrative play. Mm-hmm. Because supporting black people and genuine support of black people till this day is still not lucrative. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to make a whole bunch of money on it. Because you're fighting. Sometimes you're fighting against the very people you trying to help. So I started Spendify. Uh, to me, I thought it was the continuation of Dr. King's last marching orders. If you listen to his last speech, I seen the mountaintop. He talked about us doing an economic boycott. He talked yeah. about us supporting black-owned business. Yeah. So I was like, this is picking up the mantle of Dr. King's work. That's how we were looking at it. And we thought of the idea, uh, me and my business partner, in the parking lot of the King Center. Wow. Like August 14th, 2015. Wow. Like, I clearly remember the day. We was in the parking lot. We just went through uh, an event because I went through the train in the Big King Nonviolent Train by Dr. Bernie's King there. Right. And um, we were like, bro, let's just add technology to this. Like, King did it. What if Martin Luther King had a Twitter? What if, you know, Malcolm Metz had an a, a Instagram? How much more could they have done? Yeah. So we started spending five. And it was beautiful. It was a, it was, I remember when we went viral. We went on CNN, Ebony Magazine, uh, Black Enterprise. Like, I mean, we went on a real media run. Here's the thing, and it's why I'm where I'm at now. I realized how emotional our people are when it comes to this buying Black lifestyle and culture. Um, it's some emotional act. Every time our website went viral, unfortunately, it was because another hashtag was created. Mm. Mike Brown just got killed by black. You Google black businesses, our thing come up. Analytics through the roof. The news stopped talking about it. We stopped talking about it. Mm. You go back to when Killer Mike. Get them this, two, you get them two weeks. The only, the only person <clears throat> that was talking about uh, black business back then was Killer Mike. You know, he was doing the black bank thing. And, and I, told, I told Killer Mike, If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. 
And I love the brother, but I told Kilima, I said, look, bro, partner with us on this. Let it's it's your name, it's your face, let's just brand it. And we got all of the banks on our platform. Because what happens is celebrities, it's a difference between celebrities and famous activists difference. Mm -hmm. Celebrities create moments, not movements. Mm. And um, most famous activists, if you name the activists, I can tell you the organization they were connected to. Whether it's Fannie Lou Hamer, Malcolm X and uh, the Nation of Islam, Dr. King, SCLC. Look at a celebrity. When they're talking this talk, are they connecting it and spinning their work back to an organization? If they're not, they're creating moments, not movements. Mm. So I remember the bank black. People were in the banks going crazy. But I told him, I like, as soon as you go back to doing what you do, rapping, you know what I'm saying, smoking weed, the shit, the stuff that you do. It's gonna fall. As soon as you go back, the people gonna fall off. And that's what I realized with Spinify. Like, unfortunately, if and if you go back to research, they'll tell you. When when uh we uh got integrated after uh, Jim Crow and we could shop with white business. Black businesses just got out-marketed. They had better commercials. They had better... More bread. Yeah, they had more bread. They had better propaganda. And mm-hmm. literally, propaganda got us to where we are. Propaganda made us feel like shopping at uh, Publix was more important than shopping at Mr. Magruder. Shout out Mr. Magruder. He ain't here no more, but he was right there on Hank Aaron Drive, little corner store. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We Instead of going to the corner store, you know, they ain't got, they ain't got the good chips and go here to Shell. Right. Go ahead and quit trip. Like, we literally stopped shopping with our people. And now I realize, dang, if CNN would have never talked about Trayvon Martin, we probably would have never rallied around his name. If CNN would have never talked about T- Tamir Rice, yeah. we probably, because it's so, I can name hashtags here in Atlanta that nobody know about. Yeah. Like, nobody talk about because it didn't get the media platform. And that's when I realized everything I've done has been, again, how do I make our people stronger? Child with a nonprofit, went with the business, uh, trying to build a black businesses. And now I realized, bro, we got to control our media. And that's when I realized podcasting is literally the hammer that we can use to build our community in a way we've never seen built before. Mm-hmm. Because podcasting is media for the people, by the people. Mm-hmm. It's uncompromised messaging. We have the ability right now, this podcast can get just as many listeners as V103. Mm-hmm. That was unheard of 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah, You know what I'm saying? So now, we can go directly to our people. We don't need an Instagram that's going to stop you from reaching all your crowd. You got, you got a million followers, but for some reason, you're only getting... 50,000 likes, you know what I'm saying? Like, that. it ain't no algorithm that stops. It's our message through this microphone to the ears of the people. Mm-hmm. And that's when I pivoted to media because we got to create our own propaganda. Everybody that was making real change had their own propaganda. The uh, Black Panthers had their own newspaper and propaganda they mm-hmm. put out. Hosea Williams had his own mm-hmm. paper that he put out because you understand if you got to be able to compromise, you got to be able to uh, contact the people directly without the compromise of big media. If I go on the news today and I do a press conference, they're going to edit it down to say what they want it to say. Yeah. They're not going to put it all on there. 
So that's why I'm here. I'm here because I believe that we can use media to give our people the information and the tools that provoke action, that action provoke change, and that change make the history that we're trying to be. Like, I'm trying to personally, I tell my friends now, we, have, we are living the history that we're going to read about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you got to ask yourself, if you were to look back in 10 years from now, are you going to be able to tell your kids, oh, yeah, back then, when they had our neck on our, they were putting George Floyd, they had a knee on the neck, I was out there with them, or I was using my business to fund and uh, bail out protesters, or I was using my business to uh, hire activists so they could be an activist without worried about getting fired. Can you say you really contributed to this movement? Or can you say you was a bystander Mm. that was still figuratively riding the bus, Mm. if that makes sense? Absolutely. Like, and that's why I'm here. That's why I'm in media now. My ultimate goal, where I I know what my next phase of life look like. After I get this going, my next phase is education. Yeah, you're there. I mean, you're already teaching people. But I feel you. Like, like we gotta Formally. get our, we gotta get our own schools. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Literally, that's where we lose. Yeah. Like, because pro- the system is we, inside the schools. Yeah, as well. we, we we program from the beginning to mm-hmm. lose. Like, but I got a whole concept of what I want these schools to look and feel like. That's the next yeah phase of life. But right now, it's media, man. Tell them more about what you're doing in media, brother. Just so, the Eldridge podcast. Tell them about Just the Eldridge media. Yeah, tell so, them, so, tell them all this stuff. And I had made, I dropped made. I had spend to find out dropping that. Then I had a business in between called Mustard. Uh, Mustard was a, <laughs> it was a fundraising platform that allowed your supporters to donate by rounding up their spare change. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we took the same technology like uh, Acorns, yep, Bank Acorn, of America. Keep the change, all yeah, that. Yeah, we yep. did that and we applied it to nonprofits. Now, it was supposed to be technology that I put in Spendify. And what we were going to do is round up everyday trans- your transaction, the money go in a pot. Entrepreneurs pitch their videos in the app, and then we get to vote like Tinder, who get the money. Mm. The average person rounded up about $25, $50 a month. So imagine if you got a million people doing it. Like, we're literally changing. That's, that's, that's pretty good damn money. We're changing lives immediately. Yeah. So couldn't get the ego of my partner and this other guy, my cousin, I'm trying to bring him in. He felt like we family, we were probably going to oust him or whatever. So me and my cousin just started a company, and we did it for nonprofits. Now, if you look up HBCU Change, hbcuchange.com, shout out to Xavier Peoples. Um, that's our tech. Uh, it's still out. Uh, it's a platform where you can round up your everyday transactions to support HBCUs. I tell people you should fuck with that. I'm on uh, it now. If you mad at uh, Deion Sanders and you ain't on that app, I don't believe you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that right there is to make your lifestyle a support to HBCUs. Stop talking and start changing. So, that site and everything, me and my cousin built that. <laughs> that's that marketing genius exactly. right there. Stop, 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 stop talking and start, start changing. changing. I love that shit. Yeah. So, so, from there, I had then I had that company. Double that, entendre over here. Sorry. That, that, was, that was a short-lived <laughs> venture. Like, we, me and my cousin were making a little money, but we wanted to make enough money for him who married with three kids. Yeah. So, like, I had to kind of shelf that until the HBCU changed. So I'm looking inconsistent, and I'm feeling like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right, right. And shout out to Keith. I call Keith the first disciple. I'll never <laughs> forget this. I was in Egypt, 
I went to Egypt because I go to motherland every year. Right. And I went to Egypt and Ethiopia that year. And I was on the Nile River. And it just, it was just a source of power that came over me. And I was like, Key, we got to do this shit. It's just something about traveling. It's just like, man, you got to live. Yeah. You got to live. It opens you up some up. kind yeah, of way. Yeah. Like, it's like, you got to do this shit. So I remember I spent everything I had on podcast equipment. I said, I don't want to have to wait on a studio. If we're going to do it. And I was like, fuck, it ain't even going to be the made life no more. Because made life was a box. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to talk about everything. And I ain't partnering with nobody. This shit just, if I can't do it with Jess Eldridge, like, that's where the name enough. came from? Bruh. <laughs> Just <laughs> Eldridge, bro. Then look, so whatever was, I was trying to get the handle, mm-hmm. just Eldridge, like at Eldridge. And it wasn't available. I was like, damn, man, I wish just Eldridge was available. And the keeper like, it That's is. It. That's it like, right there. No, I like, no, it ain't. I like, I put it in. He said, I just put it in, J-U-S-T, Eldridge. I was like, damn, I kind of like that shit. <laughs> and that's how the name came, man. And uh, so we start podcasting. So I told Keep my only stipulation we got to do this every week. Can't miss an episode. Mm. I just uh, released episode 184. Literally until this week on Wednesday, this is the first episode we have missed in 184 weeks. I know y'all consistent. And, and you, it was on purpose. You caught up to us and passed our, our episode number. Yeah, like, it's not playing. Like, and, it, and it was on purpose. It was on purpose to miss that one. Because yeah. I was like, consistency is no longer the battle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you've, we already, got, you've already done that. You've proved that. We got the systems. I want y'all to rest now the information to the people. So yeah. for those out there, after we got to episode 40, we realized like we want to talk, want to have more conversations, but we're probably not experts on it. So we started Just Elders Media, um, full-scale media production company. Uh, we do videography, photography, but our core sauce is podcast production. Um, mm-hmm. Right now we have Several podcasts. Shout out to uh, Where the Party At. That's mm-hmm. our political podcast hosted by Saba Long. Uh, you like that name? See, I like when people do that. I like <laughs> yeah, so Where the Party At is a, uh, it's a uh, partisan platform where we talk about all things politics, empowering the people with the information for them to get civically involved. Uh, cool and Conscious uh, was with Cree. She was one of our podcasters. Simply Paulette. Uh, that's my mom. Shout out my moms. I'm just Eldridge. She's simply Paulette. Yeah. That's like that Auntie Wise Sage podcast. Um, that's Law with the attorney Durante Partridge. Yeah. Um, that's our business Durante's law podcast. Helped us out here. Matter of fact, you connected me to him. You connected to a lot of people. I, I was telling him that because yeah. I told him I was coming. I told him to come with me. I was telling him, he was like, yeah, man, he reached out to me. I was like, nigga, I, I sent his ass to you, nigga. Yeah, you, 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 really, you really helped <laughs> to put me on when I first got here. That's real talk. Yeah, that's so, for real. So, uh, and then uh, we have Why Black Man Why, yeah. Elevated Barbershop Talk, um, the rawest podcast uh, where you seeing is that, every— Is that the Young Cats? No, no, no. That one, which you're uh-huh. talking about, is Who Gave Them Boys a Pie. Yeah. I'm yeah, super yeah. excited about them. But Why Black Man Why is Elevated Barbershop Talk. That's where we got oh, brothers— Oh, that's the round table. Yeah, that's when we okay. got brothers yeah, in the yeah. barbershop. Not that painted up, pretty stuff LeBron James doing. No shade. But come on, LeBron, that ain't a barbershop. Right. Let's just have a real conversation. Yeah. I'm giving y'all that raw barbershop talk. I'm giving you every shade of brother. Young, old, light-skinned, dark-skinned, rich, poor, uh, gay, straight. Yeah. Like, I'm allowing every— The barbershop is the only sacred, universal ground we as black men have. Yeah. Where I don't care who you are, 
what's your economic status. When you become a millionaire, you're not letting no white boys cut your hair with no scissors. You're going to the barber shop. Yeah. Even if you bring in your barber to you, that barber still connected to the barber shop, dog. Yeah. So uh, why Black Man Why is that podcast that's gonna? I don't shot seven episodes. I ain't released one because I'm real particular on this. Like it got to be right. It's the podcast that's gonna change our community because it it's out. the it's the podcast that's gonna give the true authentic voice of Black men, the true thought of Black men, mm-hmm. and it's gonna educate our sisters to be empowered on how to love us, how to work with us, how to build with us. It's going to educate brothers how to understand each other. Like, this podcast is going to change the game. So, I don't spend so much money on this <laughs> shit, man. And I ain't released one episode, but it's coming. This, man, I can't wait for that one. 2023 yeah, is coming. That sound dope. Uh, and, I, I, see, I see a mashup with uh, Monuments to Me happening, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's coming, man. I love them sisters, too. I love them sisters. That's love, what we at, man. It. That's our podcast, people. That's we say up. Just Elders Media. We create content to push the culture forward. Yeah, yeah. We are here to entertain. We're here to educate. We're here to uh, empower and elevate the people through the power of media. I That's love that. I love that. Listen, it was important for Eldridge to go through that because I know we're talking about dreaming and you, you may have lost that aspect in this conversation, but I want to remind you where it is. In order for him to do any of that, he had to first dream something. And then he had to act on it. And you heard him talking about the ups and the downs that come when you take a dream and put it into reality. The only place a dream is always positive is when you're asleep. But the problem is there's no, there's no work happening while you sleep. And you hear this brother building, right? It, it's important. Like, I'm not kidding when I say it's inspiring to watch somebody build out loud and take those risks and fail or get the opportunity to try something again. This is real shit. I want you to get this information because I know that there is something inside of you that you are not acting against. I know there's a dream that you're dreaming that you're not waking up and putting work in to make it your reality. Nothing's changing until you do it. I guarantee you, your life tomorrow will not be easier than your life today if you don't do something about it. That's why this shit is so important. All right, look, bro, the place I want to take it to is, is this. We're talking about dreaming. We're talking about action. They've heard now all that you've got going on. If you were to take a moment and talk directly to the audience, what's the message that you have for them in order to get them from dreaming to action? What, what, do, you, what do you tell people? How do, they, how do they go there? How do they make it happen? All right, so people, when I came in, I gave a gift. And I feel like you should bring people gifts. And there, um, there's a book. It's called Unwavering Focus. And he should have added a, another thing on the title. You got to have unwavering focus and unapologetic execution. And what I mean by that right now, you know the life you want to live. Like, you know how you want to drive. You know how you want to sleep. You know how you want to travel. Think about that life. Think about what it's going to take you to get that life, the amount of money, and think about how you want to make that money. I think that's what changed the game for me is when I understood I'm only going to make money the way I want to make money. Mm. And what I meant by that was I'm only going to take jobs and do things that reflect what I want to do. And if I did take a job that I didn't want to do, I didn't look at it like a job. I looked at it like an investor. Yeah, I don't work for McDonald's. McDonald's invested me every other week. 
You know what I'm saying? I take that bread and I put it where I want to do. I don't want to drive Uber. Uber is one of my investors and in what I'm trying to do. Uh, Uber is one of my clients that I'm trying to execute on. So what I'm saying to people right now, especially in 2023, this is such an important year for us because we we had 2020 that rocked everybody's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2021 was like a blur. 2022 was the first year where we got like a sense of normalcy back almost, right? And 2023 is like, okay, bruh, you had three years to reflect and accept what has changed. I had to say, after COVID, I now have no more grandparents. I lost all my grandparents in COVID. And I had these three years to accept that. You know what I'm saying? And now I got to move the way I got to move and I got to step up the way I want to step up. So the people like, now, y'all, you got to just do it. Like, you literally have to design your life. And this ain't cliche. This ain't uh, uh, over the head, too spiritual stuff. The life you want is the life you design. Like, you got to design that every day. You design it with your actions, with your executions. You got to be okay with failing. You got to be willing to do whatever it takes without losing yourself. Now, I ain't never going to lose myself. Yeah. And you know what losing yourself is. Yeah. You know what it is. And, and, and thing is, losing yourself is different from everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anytime where I'm making money off of hurting my people, I've lost myself. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. So I wouldn't do that. That's, that's the money. That's the shit I can't take. But other than that, I'm going to clean toilets. I'm going to mop floors. I'm going to drive Uber. I'm, man, it's, it's too much bread out here, y'all. It's too much bread out here. And then the last thing is, stop thinking small. Like, I love that little uh, video. You're thinking think, small, bitch. Yeah, think big, bitch. Think big, bitch. Think <laughs> yeah, like, like, I love that, man. We got to stop thinking small, man. Like, my dad, I get at him, man. My, like, my parents, I'm a direct split between them. Shout out to Paulette, Paulette and Elders Washington. Like, Everything you love about me is my mother. Mm-hmm. Personality, you know what I'm saying? Humor. That's my mother. She can walk in the room and just take it over. But what you respect is my father. Mm-hmm. Vision. My dad was a real visionary, man. And um, my dad always used to tell me, like, you can, like, that's good. You can go a little bigger, though. Like, my dad used to always say that. I like, love that. Like, and I remember, I just got to say this story about just being a visionary and executing. My dad moved us into a gas station. Our first house that he bought was a gas station. Literally had 
two pumps in the front, and it was a store. Real shit. Real shit. Wow. wow. And it was so much of a store. People growing up used to knock on our door, like, y'all open? Like, <laughs> like my dad <laughs> bought a gas station now. And like, like, this is real. This is like real shit. And I remember my dad being in construction. Was it was it like was it functioning? Nah, they weren't. It was just an old pumps didn't people, work no more. Wow. It was an old gas station. I don't know how he came across the property, but he bought a gas station. Wow. It was gravel, gravel uh, driveway. It was a gas station, y'all. Yeah. Like straight up, like a. Think about them movies, them old country sh- movies where like the Philip sixty six joint. <laughs> yeah, like it's like like a uh uh what they call it when you just one level house of it's like farm. I don't know what it is. Oh, you're but, talking about a uh, uh, ranch. Yeah, yeah, it's a ranch. Yeah, yeah. It's it like a long ranch, two bedroom, and I remember we moved in that, and that's where we we're living. And one day. My dad came home. And this story is so, as a grown man now, realizing how young my dad was, when he had all these kids, and it made me get, it, I got so much respect for him. Mm-hmm. My dad came home one day with a 3D rendering of a house, beautiful house, long bushes, trees. It, and he had put it on the easel at the front door. And I remember my mama said, what's this? And he said, this is what the house going to look like. And we all busted out laughing. Like, we literally laughed. Like, like it was a joke. It was a going joke. But not to him, I bet. So, so I remember my dad had this. We, we lived in this lime green block gas station. It was lime green. It was ugly. Mm-hmm. So ugly, we used to... Walk to school when it was getting on the bus, we would go to the house next door, <laughs> like to get on the bus. So, we didn't want people to know. I don't know who stayed there. So, I remember one day, and he did construction. Mm-hmm. So, one day he had a job, he had some extra paint. So, he brought the paint home, so he started painting the house. They had like this peach color. Halfway through, he ran out. Now, the house is half peach, <laughs> half lime green. Like, this this house, like, bro, it's, it's just not getting any better. Like, it's just, it's an ugly house. And my dad had that dream literally for seven years, bro. Mm-hmm. But one day, he just executed. I remember next, one day, and in 60 days, seven years, it's seven years and 60 days, but the work was done in 60 days. My dad bricked over the block. My dad added four rooms. He gave us all a room. He uh literally planted grass, pulled up the gas tanks. Like, everything, that house is beautiful now, bro. Wow. That's one dream to buy that house back. Wow. That's one dream to buy that house back because that was just, because I know what my dad put in that house. And I would yeah. like to buy that back for him. And the vision he had from the start. Right. And no one else saw it but him. And as a grown man, as a visionary, somebody that's looking forward to having my own family, my own wife and kids, I can only imagine, you know, just moving your wife into this ugly-ass shit. Because as a man, you want to be proud. You don't even want your wife to be in an ugly car with you. Yeah. 
much less an ugly house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, to the people out there, man, set your vision clear and just try that shit. And if you fail, it's cool. Do that, do that old exercise that you just told y'all to do. Look at all those other wins you done had. Yeah. Look at that time where you thought you weren't going to graduate school and you did. Yeah. Look at that time you thought you weren't going to get this job and you did. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to think about the wins of it and just move forward. Move forward. I like I. I was just telling Cody, man. I love this time of year, New Year's. Because mm-hmm. New Year's is the one window of opportunity where people have the paradigm shift of execution, the paradigm shift of achievement. And what happens is during that window, you literally have to fill yourself with enough motivation and inspiration to keep going when the window closes. Because the window closes, it closes. It closed mm-hmm. pretty fast. Mm-hmm. It closed by MLK Day for some people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you just got to give yourself enough motivation. And that motivation is in the form of uh, accountability partners, uh, your mastermind group. It's in the form of books. It's in the form of podcasts, just social media. It's in the form <laughs> of music. You got to give yourself enough fuel to keep going and execute. Man, it's going to be a beautiful year. I'm super excited about you, brother. You talking about I inspired you. You inspired me, dog. I, I watched you when you first... The reason why I had to love on you so much because I remember when I first came here. I moved up here... I appreciate in, it, too. I, I moved up here in 08 with... I didn't know anybody. I had 250 business cards in a domain name that didn't work. Like, dog. But you had the vision of your father. Bruh. But I had a goal. I couldn't go back in my house. Mm-hmm. I had a goal. I had to go in my house until I met seven people. Damn. And meeting seven people was meeting what it took me three minutes or three hours. That was me telling you my name, what I did, where I'm from, because I'm proud of that Monroe. I said that in the beginning. And how can we potentially work together? Those are the four things. If I I had to do that with seven people a day. And I just remember my name just started getting rung in room. I made Atlanta small, bro. Yeah. I met for me at least. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I made Atlanta small. Like I just met that many people and got out there. So I'm just telling people now, relationships are the keys that unlock the doors blocking your success. You don't need more money. You don't need anything but more relationships. Invest in the people. Literally, I said before what I had, they gave me where I've been, they sent me who I am, that made me. If you invest in the people, you're good. If you invest in the people, the people will invest back in you. It is a universal, undefeated law that I'm a living practice of. Yeah, that's real shit. Bob Black, I hope you were paying attention. This is one of the few episodes that I didn't prepare a single question for. I mean, not one. I didn't have a single question to ask you because I had every bit of confidence of what you were going to do when you came in here. I had no opening scripted. I didn't put much thought into this episode since you and I talked because I knew the the organic way this thing would flow was going to leave people blessed. I was serious when I said as a podcaster, I'm excited because I heard, because I don't know how many, you you, you know how it is when you're looking for that that clip that you want to put out. Everybody ain't got a clip. clip. (laughs) Everybody ain't got a clip. I heard 20 of them. And it, it just made me feel even more confident in our relationship and the decision to do this. 
And I could not be happier because this entire month for me is about <clears throat> talking to my audience and my family and my listeners about the power of dreaming and where it can take you, man. Because for me, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am, I am a dreamer and I'm a writer. I, I, I see it, I write it, and then I go figure out how to prioritize it and make it happen. And I want the same thing that you want. I want everybody who looks like me. I want everybody black in this community to find their way to the feeling you get when you watch your dreams happen. In my case, after one happens, I'm on to the next. But I'm I'm celebrating and I'm and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And it's a feeling that far too many people never experience. I have too many friends who call me and out of love complain all day long because they are unhappy with their place and their space. They're unhappy with their job and their life. They're unhappy with their wife or their children. And we've got the opportunity to change all that. Like, I truly want you, each of you, to to feel what it is that I feel. And it's not perfect. But when I tell you the future that I see in front of me personally is so bright because I'm watching everything line up and I'm watching the right connections and relationships. And they'll just to watch what you're doing and see how you're building and, and know where you're going and to have been privy to the help that you give to people when you don't even know them. It means the world to me. I want everyone to find their way to these type of relationships. I want everyone to find their way to waking up and feeling like you are in your space. It's, it's a beautiful thing to feel like you're moving in an ordained trajectory. Like I'm going where I'm supposed to be going. I'm looking at the opportunity to combine my passion, my paycheck, and my purpose. And for me, there's nothing more powerful than that. If we all could move in that place of paycheck, purpose, and passion, can you imagine how powerful we would be, right? Because then there's nothing that can stop that person, right? There's, there's nothing that can knock you off your path when all those P's line up. I'm going to shut up. But brother, that is what I wanted from this episode. That is what I got. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I cannot wait to put this episode out. And brother, man, tell the people where they can connect with you, how they can follow you, how they can engage with you, how they can support you. Yeah, man. Y'all follow me at Just Eldridge. That's J-U-S-T-E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E at Just Eldridge. Uh, Go to JustEldridgeMedia.com. Uh, if you uh, want to be a podcaster, hit us up. We, we would love to help you. We produce podcasts all day, every day. Uh, check out our podcast. Listen to it. If you, if any of this impacted you, please, I need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hit me up in my DMs. Send us an email. Send a text. Do whatever. Let us know. Do it on the comment section of this podcast. Like, if this impacted you in any way. Because y'all got to realize sometimes as the content creator, you got to know that the you do this. Of course, we all want to get paid. But the other way of getting paid is uh, affirmation and confirmation that the work is affecting other people. Yep. And a simple review does that. A simple yep. comment yep. does that. Like, y'all don't realize how impactful that is for us and our work. So, um, brother, I appreciate you. Thank you for being a pillar to the culture, man. 100. Being an unapologetic black platform that allowing us to do what we do. So, you know, let's get that. Let's do that collaboration shirt, man. Podcast and Wild Black. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Wild Black. Peace. We out. We love you. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. 
So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.